3: The baseball game is over. It's time for the Bayview Shade and Blind Post Game Show with Tim Allen on the fan.
1: A final once again for Miller Park and the results are not good. The Brewers fall in game two of this three game weekend set. Four to one the final and uh, let's focus on the positives. Corbin Burns And the Brewers don't get shut out. Is that what we're down to? I heard BA, by the way, welcome in everybody. Baby Shade and Blind postgame show, Tim Allen, Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer is here awaiting the end of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks Mavericks game. Just
4: about to halftime, actually, uh, right now. And uh, with two seconds left, the Bucks are up.
1: (laughs) So so I heard BA on the Fox Sports Wisconsin broadcast say. um, Brewers had high hopes that inning. Brock Holt with a leadoff base hit. That's where we're at. That, that is where we're at, and that's exactly what I said. Uh, you know, we're, that's where we're at? If we get a good start to an inning, it's just simply a base hit to lead off the inning? It, normally you'd say, a oh, Brewer's cook something really cooking here in the inning, second and third, nobody out in the heart of the order coming up. Now that's cooking. <laughs> a simple base hit. And you say, "Well, a hopeful start to the a hopeful start to the inning with a scratch yeah, single." But,
4: Tim, I mean, the heart of your order tonight. If you say two, three, four, here at two thirteen with a two ninety six OBP, Christian Yelich one fourteen with a two thirty five OBP, Logan Morrison one thirty six with a one seventy four BP. Those were your two, three, four hitters tonight.
1: Yeah, and then you add in Justin Smoke and his buck twenty eight. Omar Nov- Narvaez oh. is a strikeout machine right now. At some point at one point in the game between last night and today, he struck out five consecutive at bats. Mm. It, it it is a, a struggle and it's somewhat painful. However, there were some bright spots in this one. Let's get you uh the game notes here. We'll keep track of the uh, Bucks Mavericks game and you know uh, the uh, Bucks playing out the uh, bubble games. What four left in the bubble? Just play out the regular season string. They're two and two, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, they're just put, just getting ready, just positioning, just get to the playoffs. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. All right, so we go back to the first inning uh, when this game started at six ten tonight. First inning trouble. An infield single. What else is new on this team? That's that's when you know it's going bad. There's just a, a ton of infield in, in singles against you. And uh, so you 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 get that, and you're thinking, Brett Anderson, a hardliner to center? Okay, no problem. You get a ground ball here. Just get a ground ball, and you can get out of it. He gets the ground ball, but this happened. Runner at first, one away shift is on for Votto and that one's on the ground shift was on here uh,
3: has it bounce off his wrist and go into the outfield trying to make a quick pivot there to start a potential double play instead it's going to be first and
5: third with one out they got to make sure one it yeah, gets
1: nobody.
4: Nobody's yeah, a little like Ricky Weeks. It's yeah, old school. That's all. Little awesome. yeah. Ricky
1: Weeks ask. That's all it was. You know, I, I was. Uh, you know, these days uh, I'm just praying. Don't hit the ball in a, in a crucial situation. Don't hit the ball to Keston here. You used,
4: used to do the same
1: thing with Ricky Weeks. R- same thing. Sa- same thing. Uh, I, you know, later on he had another inning. We'll get to that in a second. But I would have been pretty close to pulling Keston right off. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I, I would have been. <laughs> you can't Dude, with this offense. He, he, you can't pull he, him. He's, well, that's true. Even if as bad as he is, you can't pull him. He should be, he should be having a day off soon. And I thought it would have been tonight, but not the case. So you got the air. It puts two aboard. You're thinking, all right, Brett Anderson's, again, he's a ground ball pitcher. He can work his way through this. It didn't take long. A. Eugenio Suarez, a three-run shot. Similarly to yesterday's second inning, the big blast of Matt Davidson, three-run home run. Immediately, the Brewers are down three zip, and I just you know, again, with this type of offense, it's going to be an uphill climb. <laughs> Single, double, and homer in that inning, along with the air, and the Brewers battling from behind once again. One out walk by Keston here, he tried to make up for it in the bottom of the first, but yeah, nothing. Brett Anderson, a quality second inning, one, two, three, and it stays three zip. Brewers strike out in order in the bottom of the second inning. Four consecutive strikeouts to start them out again with a bunch of strikeouts. More trouble in the third inning. Leadoff hitter uh, reaches on an error by Keston Hira. Yep, another one. Uh, Walk two on, nobody out. They get a double play off the bat of Eugenio Suarez, and uh, Anderson works his way. Out of that uh, inning, three-zip to the bottom of the third. Lead base hit, Brock Holt. There you go, Brock. There's that promising inning, but they don't score. Fourth inning, Anderson uh, doesn't make it out of the fourth inning. Hit by pitch, a single, a walk, loads the bases with two outs. And Castellanos coming up. Council goes to the pen right there after three and two-thirds of a start from Brett Anderson. And Burns, he steps up right there, keeps the Brewers in the game. Castellanos, a strikeout by Burns. And you go to the bottom of the fourth inning. One, two, three for the crew. Uh, stays three-zip. Uh, mid-portion of the game, fifth inning. Scoreless. Top and bottom in the fifth inning. Game moving quickly into the sixth inning. Three-zip. Burns scoreless, a couple of punch-outs in the sixth inning, and it stays that way. Another scoreless inning for the, for the Brewers in the sixth, although Sogard with a base hit, just their second base hit of the night. That's the are-you-kidding-me moment of the night. You you waited until the sixth inning off Di Sclafani to get your second base hit of the game. Are you kidding me? A moment of the game brought to you by Gene Wagner Plumbing, celebrating over 50 years in business. For any residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Still three-zip as we move along to the seventh inning. Still in the ball game, right? But the Reds add to the lead. Lead-off walk, that'll come, uh, come, come back to get you. Akiyama, a broken bat triple to play to run, then a strikeout to Castellanos again, then a double play, and uh, Abisail Garcia throws out Akiyama to complete a a double play, and it's uh, however damage done. It's 4 zip to the bottom of the seventh inning. Brewers empty right there. Painful, just painful, painful. Uh, The futility of this is, is starting to get to me. Burns back out for the eighth inning. Counts, what are you doing? Leave him on a good note. Bernsey, a scoreless inning. What do I know? Pitching a beauty. Brewers cooking in the bottom of the eighth inning. Now here's a hopeful and promising start to the inning. Base hits by Gamble and Narvaez. It sparked up a rally. And Brock Holt breaks the shutout. And the 2-2 pitch. Holt lifts one in the air. Left center. It's going to be deep enough to score a run. Jankowski puts it away. And Gamble will score. So Brock Holt with a sack fly at an RBI. It's a 4-1 game now, but the Brewers are finally on the board. Brock Holt with the RBI right there also had the first Brewers hit of the, what, four to that point uh, back in the third inning. And Brock Holt. Yeah, he's uh, he's the spark of the game in this one because he broke the shutout. That's brought to you by Current Electric. Go to callcurrent.com for your electrician superheroes. That's all the Brewers could muster up, 4-1 into the ninth inning. Burnsy coming back out. Counts, what are you doing? Leave these guys feeling good about a performance. What do I know? Burns, a scoreless ninth inning. Hit a man, walked a man, but an outstanding performance from Corbin Burns. We cannot deny that. Through all the futility of the offense, come on, guys. Corbin Burns, your Chevy MVB of the game, brought to you by Chevy. Check out the new 2020 Chevy Silverado at your local Chevy dealer or at WisconsinDriveChevy.com. Let's see. Here's his line, Corbin Burns, out of the pen tonight. Five and a third of one-hit, one-run Three-walk, eight-strikeout baseball. 2.92 ERA now through his three appearances this year for the Brewers. That's big time. And, yeah, now how painful is it? Uh, Brewers go feebly in the bottom of the ninth inning. There's your final four-to-one. Brewers after the loss here. Uh, now five-and-seven uh, early on here. Craig Council talked about the strikeouts earlier uh, today, and he said it is concerning. But it's not them. No homers, a lot of strikeouts. That's going to put you in a position of a five and seven mark. How futile is it looking at this offense? Is there any confidence at all? I thought we were done talking about this.
4: Mm-mm.
1: No, I, <laughs> I no, I, I tweeted
4: it out during the game. I just said, somebody please explain to me how this offense is consistently going to score runs. Even with Yelich not playing well, let's say he gets going. But still, where? Where does it come from? Because like you said earlier, okay, here comes the rally. We got on and Narvaez figured out a way to get a base hit. Great, but then you look at what's in the left, and you're going, "Oh no!" I mean, there's no, there's nothing coming after this. I mean, the days of having Mustakis waiting there, Grandal waiting there, and having all of these guys in this lineup—we were six, seven deep on some nights where you felt like anybody could hit a home run, anybody could get get a rally started. Now you look at this lineup and you go, "Oh my God!" They got like two guys in this lineup, three if you count Garcia if you like Garcia. And that's it. And Gamble's playing as well as Gamble's going to play. Like, I, I don't know how anybody can expect more out of Ben Gamble than what you're getting at this point.
1: No, and he's not going to be a bread and butter guy here. He's, he's not, and he never has been. However, if, if you say that he's one of the better fourth outfielders or fifth outfielders in the game, okay, I got you there. Good defensively, although I don't know what he was thinking in right field a couple of times tonight. But, okay, that's the other thing. You know, some of this stuff snowballs on you and, and, and the lack of offense. It drips into the field. Keston with a couple of errors. Yellich yesterday's game. I, I don't know what he was thinking out there, and we need to stop making excuses for Christian Yellich. Yeah, I agree. you, you got to get your head on straight, Christian. I'm sorry, buddy. I know it's a different type of season. Put, the put, well, 799-1250 if you, if you want to join in on the fun. Uh, maybe think about it this way, and I wonder, Stevie, in all seriousness, I wonder about this, the teams that, I, I mentioned this last night, the, t- the teams that didn't get off to like an exciting start, you know, Yankees off and running, Dodgers, uh, Chicago Cubs, the smiling teams, the teams that are like, yeah, this is cool, yeah, it's crazy times, it's pandemic baseball, it's, it's all this stuff. The teams that aren't like that, that don't have the good record, I wonder if it's maybe even subconsciously, the perception of them and I'm not knocking them for not being competitors I am not I'm just thinking subconsciously is it just going through the motions in crazy okay, times you so, can't get something together so it's in the back of your mind that nah, you know let's let's uh, you know let's go out there and try real hard jimmy you know that sort of thing okay i got I
4: something know. here that's basketball but i'm going to tie into what you're asking because i think it fits perfectly and it literally got tweeted out 20 minutes ago and i saved it Melissa Rowland, who covers the Los Angeles Lakers, tweeted out this quote from LeBron James tonight. I I think this would apply to baseball. Uh, Quote, you have to really love basketball to be here because there's no extra motivation, you know, as far as that you get or the excitement from the crowd and things of that nature. You have to really, like, love the game and love the work and be able to lock in on your craft. End quote. LeBron James. And I think that can go the same way for baseball without any fans or anything like that. It's the same type of deal. You got to kind of dig in for that want to and go, you
1: know, go get them mentality. And as we all know, not every professional athlete has that. No, and and I wonder if even subconsciously if that's creeping into this thing. That clearly, the Brewers' offense should be better than this. There's, I don't know. there's no doubt. They, no, but they should. They shouldn't be striking out at this rate. But Ten Tim, plus strikeouts third, again for the seventh consecutive game.
4: But Tim, even with Stearns, just like Melvin, this has always been a power hitting team that strikes out. It's always been that way. Rondahl, so, struck out. Moustakis, he struck out. They, they I mean, do, yes. that's what this team has always been
1: under Sterns, just like it was under Doug. But that's what, what Council was referring to in, in, in the pregame show today, and he was saying we're not getting the home runs on top of it. So now it's, a, Correct. it's, a, it's basically a double whammy where yep. you can't even rely on that. So it, the strikes out are concerning. And finally, we say the last few years strikeouts are part of the game. Don't worry about them. Well, now counsel mentions that he is worried about them. See, now, now they're rearing their ugly head here. But the good news, Corbin Burns needs to be in this rotation. And think about this. Um, if you think about best-case scenarios, I don't know what you think of Adrian Hauser. I think highly of him. For the the ERA future.
4: leader in the NL, I think.
1: Okay. Woody, we all think highly of him. Some people say Corbin Burns, B.A., was saying he could be a potential superstar in this league. I love Burns. Okay. There's three. That's right. Okay, now now look at Freddie Peralta, and he's a little bit of a wild card here because you, you kind of don't know. I, I think people are uh, less apt to say he's a stud starter than, than they would be to say he is. But those are three young dudes. Now, again, we can call him homegrown. Hauser's been here long enough. He came from the Astros uh, – organization but so there is some good news and i was shocked that burns was in that game as long as he was today five and a third of eight strikeout one uh, run baseball that's amazing
4: remember rosters a little bit smaller council probably didn't want to burn another arm if he didn't have to in the game they weren't going to win simple
1: woody on the mound tomorrow that's Sunny Gray. They're 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 not in desperate need of a win, sunny but they gray. they haven't been three under five hundred this year. So they they really could they, they could use that victory tomorrow. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Is it as painful for you as it is oh, for me? Just based, as a Brewer fan,
4: based on Twitter, I am saying most agree with you. Yeah, uh, yes. Alex says. At what point is it no longer a skin, more just they aren't very good. I know Yelly and Yahira are better uh, than this, but beyond that, there's not really much there, says Alex, tweeting at 1057FM, the fan.
1: I just, I find myself after, uh, you know, the futility of an offensive inning for the Brewers, j- just having that knee jerk of, like, you want to throw something, and but it's only a nanosecond, and you're like, they've been doing this all year. Don't. Why would you do that? You, you should be getting used to it by now. I don't want to be used to it. They're yeah. in this thing. This is a weird, funky, crazy, um, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the league's going to do about uh, the, the St. Louis Cardinals trying to squeeze in, what, 55 games in 46 nowadays?
4: They're saying if, they may lose the Pirates series They're beginning of next week.
1: Yeah, if, if indeed they lose the Pirates series. It would be 55 games to make up in 46 days. Clearly that's not going to happen. So I don't know what they're going to do. So crazy things can happen. Every win is huge. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Is Brian there? Yeah, Brian in yeah. Oak Creek. Brian, what do you say, buddy?
6: Yeah, I want to. Uh,
7: remember when I call, I called the first game and I said I was worried about this offense and you said,
0: "No, don't worry about it."
7: Yeah, I but-
1: did. What do you think about now? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, calling me on the carpet, Brian. You know what? I got a little more respect for you now, Brian. I do. I, I respected you before, but now I, I respect you even more. They're in a skid. They're in a slump. They're going to come back. I'm with counsel. They're better than this. They are clearly better, a better offense than this. I don't know what's going on, but I, I don't have the answer to it. They're clearly a better offense than this. And again, they didn't get beat fourteen to one. It was four to one. They're a couple of hits away from a much better record. Despite and and that's what Council said at the end of his pregame today. He said, despite all that, right around five hundred. And I believe that. I do. Now, check back with me in six games. Might be a different story. Brian, thanks for the call. Joe, in Racine at 799-1250. What's happening, Joe?
0: Yeah, he um I just wonder why you have such faith in counsel. I think maybe they need a new voice in that um, dugout.
4: No, um, they don't. Wow. No, they don't. No, Joe. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you to, talk and uh, let you give your point, but the man arguably I'm should have been manager of the points. year the last two or three years. I'm
0: going to give you a few points. He, he, he literally lets bad players play. Our three-hitter is hitting 114. Our four-hitter is hitting 136. Our catcher is hitting 179. What do
4: you want him to do?
0: He's hitting 222. What
4: do you want him to do, Joe? He's not the general manager. He has to play the guys he has.
0: Yeah, I understand that, but I mean... Are
1: you calling for Jed Jerko?
0: I I don't know who I'm calling for. I mean, our first and third baseman situation is
1: just...
0: A
4: mess. Yes, but we knew that coming into the season, but that's on the GM. That's not on council.
1: Yeah, I agree. I well, it's partly that. on counsel, uh, Joe, I'll defend you a little bit. It's partly on counsel after Jed Jericho comes up with the game, the player of the game the other night in an instrumental win for the Brewers against the White Sox in which he had an RBI base hit his next time up a two-run home run and hasn't played since. Nope. Yeah. What about Garcia? They, he's
0: their best hitter this year, and he they they sit him on the bench every once in a while. I don't understand that.
1: Well, he's getting quite a bit of playing time. I'll go you one further on Orlando Arcia. If this thing continues, you have no choice but to move Arcia up toward the top of the order. Yep, I agree. I agree. Okay, with you so on there that. are some things that he can do, but to discount what he's done since May of 2015, Joe, I, th- I think that's a little knee-jerk reaction, a little bit.
0: Yeah, I guess it is, but I just, um, I guess it goes higher than that. I mean, how does the organization come into the season? with this lineup, and think, wow, we're going to win. I just don't understand that.
1: Well, they were hoping to uh, – all right, thanks for the call, Joe. I, I love debating with you, and you can call any time. But, uh, you know, here's what they, they were hoping. It's it's the same concept of a bullpen every year. Uh, most of the teams will just, just grab uh, – you know, a Rex Brothers or a Chad Qualls or a you know a, a Jeremy Jeffress or they'll grab you know these guys that just Alex Claudio's and they, what happens is if they get lucky and they all dial into doing well the same year, okay, then you have something there. You have the electric dudes and you you know you're doing fine in that bullpen. Very next year, half your bullpen is gone. You got to start over, do it all over again. So it, to me, the Brewers um, personnel department. Did the same thing with their position group, and they were hoping that they grabbed a smoke, a Jerko, a Sogard, a Morrison. All these guys, they were spinning the dials, hopefully that it would just, just it, like a chemist, the chemistry would be there. And so far, it's just not. It's, it's just not working. And, but so far through the, through the what, twelve games here. It's blown up in their face offensively.
4: Uh, Spencer might give you a little bit of ray of hope. Uh, He tweets at 105.7 FM The Fan. I think it'd be dumb to throw out the last few years' results of a bunch of solid hitters because of 12 games. You know, Yelich and Hira, so you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. If you'd watch guys like uh, Avi and Smoke and Omar hit the last few years, you'd give them more time, too. Let me tell you something. I watched Justin Smoke get the last couple of years. Not a fan. Wasn't a fan when they signed him. Still not a fan. Garcia, yeah, there's hope for yes. Garcia. I like Garcia. Yes. Fine, I'm there. Narvaez, I, I don't know. I-, I-, I didn't watch a lot of uh, Narva- Narvaez, to be honest with you, so I'm just hoping that he shows some power at Miller Park.
1: Tim and Sparky reunion tonight. Talking Brewers I baseball with you guys 4147991250 you know more this year than ever before is how lucky uh we are each and every day and and you know I'm I'm not saying I didn't appreciate it like the last 14 years. Well, I'm just saying now more than ever, just <laughs> yeah, each day. It's no like, like, wow, I get to do a radio show today because it could be gone tomorrow. A lot of people are out of jobs. Yep. Literally could be gone tomorrow. There's there's no doubt. Uh, 414-799-1250. We'll get in uh, Craig Council coming up in just a little while. At what point do you think Craig Council loses his, his cool a little bit? You know, I, at some, everybody has their breaking point. Council's one of the biggest competitors out there. I you can play stoic and smiley and the whole deal, but internally, you know, it is just grinding on him. There's uh, at what point we may never see it. And we his, his team may never see it, but at some point he's going to lose his cool. Whether that's on the field or not, it's, it's going to happen because you can't. You just can. You guys are watching this, these games as well. As much as anybody, you're listening to this show, you watch just about every pitch of that game. And, and, and yesterday's game and the day before. You just cannot. It's hard to even just. The lack of potential rallies for the Milwaukee Brewers, the lack of hope in a given inning. It's just dwindling. It's just it's just the hope and the spirit and the whole feel of this thing. Offensively, I'm talking about. They're pitching. I, I, despite Lauer getting blown up, Stevie, last night, I have really not a major issue with the pitching, either bullpen or starters this year, really.
4: Uh, no, the starters have been better than I thought for sure. Lauer uh, has pitched better than I thought he would have pitched uh, to this point. Uh, and Lindblom, way better than I thought he was going to be. But again, it's early. Uh, I'm reserving on both. But uh, as of to this point, early on, I think both of those starters uh, have done much better than I thought. I was hoping Burns would bounce back, and for the most part, he has. Uh, Hauser has really shown that yeah, in the second half of last year wasn't a fluke. He's pitching really well. Woodruff looks like a, a, a an ace for for certain. Uh, and then the bullpen is the bullpen. I don't think they've been horrible by any stretch of the imagination. Like, you, like you've like you been saying, it's really this offense. You've you got to be able to score one or two, more than one or two runs a game, and not hope and pray to God that your starter and bullpen can shut out the other team every night in order to win a basketball game.
1: I also think about if it gets to the point in which they pull the trigger and they say, you know what, the maturation, the graduation has to happen now. Okay, let's go through the process. It's a process with some of these players. This is our future. Woodruff, Hauser, Burns, Peralta. Every five days, Lowers, Andersons, Lynn Blooms, these types of guys. You guys can come in on the piggyback.
4: Well, I think Lauer is part of the future because of how old he is. He's not that old. No, so I agree. He, he might be that fifth guy in he that rotation, be. for sure. Brett Anderson definitely is not. Uh, and Lynn Bloom again, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some trade value there if he pitches well this year. You can deal him in the off season.
1: Yeah, he's a, what, three-year deal.
4: Yeah, coming from yeah. you know South Korea. So he's got to prove himself and, and prove that he can pitch over here because he couldn't the last time he was here.
1: Let's get an update on the Milwaukee Bucks-Dallas Mavericks because uh, the Brewers uh, didn't Uh, hold up their end of the bargain. Last time these two teams played on the same day was Thursday. They both won, just saying.
4: Bucks are up 76-67. That's with the Giannis airball free throw that he just did a couple minutes ago.
1: (laughs) Not that again.
4: Uh, 9.58 to go in the third. Bucks up 76-67. You want to take another call? Let's do it. All right, let's go to Tim and West Allis. You're next with the franchise, Tim Allen, here on the Bayview Shadow and Blinds postgame show on the fan.
7: What's going on, guys? It's Bonamago Jr.
4: What's up, Bonamago Jr.? <laughs> it's <laughs> so good is. to
7: talk to both of you for the first time in, God, 10 years maybe?
4: It's, well, no, it has not been
1: 10 years. It's been <laughs> a few years, not uh, 10 years. It's been a few, right, not 10.
7: Okay, okay. Well, it's been. it's good to hear both of you. Um, I... The one thing I see with this team is I just don't think they're having fun, or they don't mesh together like those teams with Mustakis and Grandal and Kane. There, I just I just don't think they they mesh together right now. That's
1: no, but funny. is it because of the lack of success on the field or I think the personnel, so. the personnel themselves?
7: Of, the, the lack of hitting, the lack of offense, just the lack of fun. You know, these yep, guys yep. they're just kind of boring.
4: Yeah, Man, it's boring I, I, when you don't score runs. I agree with that. Yeah.
7: yeah. Or hit the or or even hit the ball.
1: Yeah. Mhm.
7: It's just it's kind of boring to watch and you know what's going to happen. So
1: Tim, That's I mean that. you've been you've been watching these games. These guys are missing dead red 2-0, 3-1 fastballs in their wheelhouse. They're either following them back or they're late on them. What's All going right. on that when a team does that collectively? You're not being, be, doing BP tomorrow or we're letting the other team go last or we're picking a lineup out of a hat. You guys are missing balls you should be putting in the seats consistently in the 12 games.
7: It's it's frustrating to watch them strike out looking, and, and especially Yellich lately
4: too. He's not so. seeing the ball well. I mean, no. I thought he was seeing the ball better after the last couple of games, but it doesn't appear so. All right, Bob Mago. Have a good had, night, buddy. He had Player. a good
1: shot. Yeah, see you, see you, Timmy. Um, he had a shot to first base uh, early in in the game tonight, so he he did barrel one up uh, in tonight's game. I, I thought it was cool that he went opposite field yesterday, left yeah. center, and and hit the home run. So the the at bats I think have been improving overall, but there are still. About half of them that make you shake your head and just like, wow, what what are you doing? Is this Christian Yelich? Is this a, is this Keston Hira? See, that's another thing.
4: Well, that's the crazy part about this, though. I mean, if this was, and I know, can't play the if come maybe game, but. You know, if this was April and they were playing a full 162, nobody would be even remotely concerned about this. No, Like, not at all. There'd be no conversation about, oh, my God, this Brewer's office, they're in trouble. Like, there there wouldn't be. It'd be like, man, it's April. Chill out. Let everybody find the rhythm. Talk to me in June if they're still struggling. But now, because you're in this virtual sprint of two months, now, you know,
1: like we've said before, you get into a six, eight-game losing skit or something crazy like that, it could be curtains for you. It could be. And and that's why they need to stay around 500. I've been saying it. Council said it uh, earlier today, stay around 500. You're going to stay in this race. I mean, you have to fast forward. I, I just, I cannot believe how many times I think it's actually April. I just, I just do. I mean, the weather's scorching hot. This should be dog days of summer. This is, this is like the opening week or two of the season. And you have to continue to remind yourself, and maybe that's part of the problem that the players mentally are going through that as well. We better get on a roll. They're press. They're clearly pressing at times. There's there's no doubt about that. They're they're pressing. They need to chill out. I don't know what it is. It's not like they can go out to a carnival somewhere. They can't go to a church festival. They can't have a a backyard barbecue. uh, All the protocols, et cetera. It's tough. They're just going to have to muster it up. They have to win from within. It's got to be internal. It has to be internal with these guys. All right, Bayview Shade and Blind Post Game Show. Tim and Sparky reunion tonight for a short time, and uh, the Brewers fall 4-1, to two games uh, in on this three-game weekend set. They both go to the Reds. We'll be back on The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind Post Game Show. Let's get the scoop from the
3: skipper on today's game on The Fan.
1: All right, Brewers fall once again in Game 2 of this three-game set. 4-1 the final as we await the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post-game show. Bucks in action as we speak against the Mavericks, so stick around for that. And uh, the Bucks playing out the string in the bubble. Get to the playoffs. I think that's got to be the mantra right now. Brewers fall 4-1. The big damage in the lumber was in the first inning. Now, uh, Brett Anderson, again, Deserved a little bit of a better fate in this one because you know, he, he did get himself into trouble a little bit. He had a ground ball to get out of the inning, and what happened was Keston Hira had the error right away in the first, and it didn't take long. Eugenio Suarez. Kills the Brewers. Uh, yeah, he does. 17th home run against this team. As young as, I, I don't honestly know how old he is, but he seems young to me, younger. Um, 17 is a big number against one team. And he, he hits a, a three-run bomb. That right there was the turning point of this ball game brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Check out all the events and track rental info at greatlakesdragway.com. Craig Council, uh, he's got to be focused on Corbin Burns. Five and a third, a one-hit, one-run ball. That's outstanding work out of the Brewers' right-hander. Here's Counts after the loss. Is it
5: hard to tell whether it's the pitching you're facing or just guys not swinging the vets. Well, you're obviously facing some good pitchers, but you're not, you're not putting up a lot of fight, you know, a lot of rallies against them.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I think, look, they've uh, thrown two guys that are throwing the ball well uh, this season, but uh, I, I don't think there's any question collectively that we have to do better offensively. Um, you know, no matter who's on the mound, um, you know, there's, we're not going to win a lot of games with, with, with the game with offensive performances like we've seen the last couple nights. So, you know, it's a little bit of both, I'd say, um, we certainly have to get better, but I don't want to, you know, those guys also pitched well.
5: that first inning was kind of tough, uh, before the home run, cause you got a roller up third, you know, that guy didn't hit the ball well. Then I don't know, if you think Keston could have turned two on Votto or not, he sort of hit it into the shift. But then you make one mistake to Suarez, who's been in a bad slump, but is a dangerous guy, and all is a three spot, which is the way you're swinging the bats. That's the last thing you need, right? Fall behind, like.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, look, that's you know what you what you, you know, you're hoping defensive mistakes don't hurt you. Uh, they made it hurt, and and they made it hurt with a home run, and so it, it was a. Obviously, it's a big play. Um, it also, when you still have twenty-seven outs left, it shouldn't be the thing that that determines the game. Um, you know, we, we've got to do something offensively, also. But you know, look, I think when Brett's pitching, that you know, it's 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 important that you make the plays. The ball is going to be in the you know, in play. The ball is going to be on the ground, um, and and we got to convert plays. We got to play defense behind him. He's probably as as crucial uh, for, for, for him than any guy we got probably. So um, that just, it was an opportune moment, unfortunately, and they, they took advantage of it.
5: Craig, we saw Keston make a great defensive play earlier in the week, and then he had some trouble today, obviously. Is is this just going to kind of be part of the ups and downs with a young player at that position? And and as he gets more reps, you just got to kind of live with it.
2: Yeah. I mean, look I think he's he had played very well up, up to the first eight or nine games and and then um you know we had a couple he had a couple of mistakes tonight and um he, he's just got to get through that I mean that you know the 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 first the ball in the first inning was just a ball he just tried to be a little too quick on I thought I think it's that's one you really learn from um and, and then the throw I just I think he just you know I, I just don't think he was aggressive enough with the throw and, and guided a little bit but um you know it's a this is a young player that's critical to our future and and we've got to keep working with him and he i think he's getting better um and we got to keep working with him to get better craig how'd you like the way that brett recovered from that that, that home run the way that he settled in after that and then what corbin gave you the rest of the way yeah i mean it, it was a lot of good stuff after the first inning for sure i thought uh brett red got it going and, and really and you know, Corbin, probably the spot of the game could have been Corbin strikeout of Castellanos at the base loaded. It was, that was a a big, tough spot to come into. And, and, um, he made some really good pitches on a really dangerous hitter. So, and then from then on, he was, he was good, man. He, he pitched great. Um, we we extended him a little more and he's the fact that he's off to a good start this season is, is a, a real bright spot for us. Was that the plan when you put Corbin in there to try to extend him a little more, or was it just to, he was so effective, y'all just decided to stick with him for as long as he did? No, we're gonna we're gonna try to. We, I want Corbin to st- be extended, um, and um, you know, as we move on, he could he could end up starting some games. Um, you know, right now we're at with with not all the starters really extended. I think you know we're gonna have some days where we're almost splitting games. You saw it with Freddie the other night. You saw it with Corbin tonight. So. Um, we're, we're, trying to get outs with, with these guys and, um, you know, Corbin has the ability with his pitch count tonight to, to do that. So he's, he's been, we, we extended him as a starter in the summer camp. And so that's, he was in a pretty comfortable place. I thought for, with his pitches tonight.
5: Craig, is there anything that you've seen, uh, from Corbin, um, just his progression, uh, just in the, over these few outings that he's had that you've been impressed with?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think. I think he's just, you know, what the the big thing is that he's I mean, there's a couple things, but I think he's really just honed in on what he's doing, and it's and it's just a little more comfortable. So his fastball is going two different, you know, he's got a fastball that's going this way and a fast and a cutter that's going that way, and then he's got off varying off speed pitches based on you know hitters kind of weaknesses and strengths. So. We've really just, I think, honed in on what he's doing, and he has the ability to do a little bit more. Uh, last year, frankly, he just got very—he just got one-dimensional, um, and it, the, the league kind of sat on the one-dimensional. And so we've—I think he's got more weapons now. Um, he feels comfortable with them, and it's—it's um, it's got him off to a good start.
5: Craig, Craig, when we were talking to you this afternoon. You said the tricky part of this season is that it's not 162, it's 60, and therefore 12 games is a bigger, you know, Yeah. Bond. But do you think the hitters are feeling that, that are off to a slow start, that they know they don't have this 162 for things to even out?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily have the answer to it. I mean, I, they know how many games we're playing, um, so it's – yeah I, I i think you're right i think i think everything is different this year and i think you know what's in front of you so it's you know the the, the fact is is that you still got a bat and that bat in front of you um you, you go up there and you try to have a good at bat and, and that's getting past that whether it's a 60 game season or 162 game season um isn't really going to do you any good so that's that's what our focus needs to be and should be um and you know i mean i think the, the, the thing you're always a little concerned about is that you don't have as much time here, you know? So, and, and not, not necessarily for individuals, but as a team, you don't have as much time. It's the Bayview
3: shade and blind post-game show. It's time to go inside the clubhouse to hear what the players are saying after today's game on the fan. It's brought to you by windows select right now, buy one and get one free plus no payments until 2021. Call Window Select today at 262 703 3500.
1: We will get to Corbin Burns here inside the clubhouse in just a second. Uh, but uh, he is, by the way, our Chevy MVB. Five and a third, one hit, one run ball. Heard Craig Council talk about Keston Hira. A couple of errors in this ball game tonight. Think back, uh, Tim and Sparky here, a reunion of sorts. Uh, think back to uh, 2007, Stevie, uh, when uh, Ryan Braun attempted to play third base.
4: <laughs> I, I do. Ryan Braun would like to forget that, as would the rest of us.
1: Okay, so I, these, this is unofficial, but if I recall, was it 26 errors?
4: Uh, something uh, in that area. Okay. That's pretty putrid.
1: If you look at Keston Hira, played in 84 games for the Brewers last year. Had 16. So that's half a season. That makes Ryan Braun look a little bit more leaning toward a gold. Glover over there at third, well, and Ryan Braun was run out of third base on a rail.
4: He also volunteered to get the hell out of third base as well. But, I mean, there's there's a couple of things that go along with this. Like Braun, if your offense is good enough, they'll deal with it. Unlike Braun, he doesn't have an arm to play anywhere else. I mean, he, he no. where are you going to put him? He, he can't play. He can't go to short or third, and he can't go to the outfield either, I don't think. So he's stuck there at second base unless, you know, somehow or another you get a universal DH, and if you think you get a stud at second and Braun's retired and you want to play mid-DH to save his glove, then I guess you can possibly do that. Uh, But it all comes down to whether or not he can play well enough offensively to justify his lack of defense at second base.
1: That's exactly it and that's why they dealt with Braun that season and and then they finally uh found a spot it it makes you think back maybe the brewers should have thought about signing Scooter Janet. no this again but hey. uh, with the with the DH I'm
4: just saying oh with the DH right but i mean, go go back in brewers history to Ricky Weeks at second base i brought that up earlier he stuck at second base his offense wasn't that good outside of a season for the most part but because his on base percentage was pretty decent, they just dealt with him at second base, and the errors that went along with them year in, year out, year in, year out. And I think Keston here is going to be a better
1: hitter than Ricky Weeks was. Yeah, he, oh, for sure, he's, he he already is a better hitter than than Weeks, but. Now, again, I say Scooter Jeanette, they didn't know the pandemic was going to hit. They didn't know it was going to be universal DH in, in both leagues. Sure. I mean, who knew that? But I'm just saying, just wouldn't that have been nice that took a flyer on Scooter Jeanette like they did with, oh, I don't know, Justin Smoke. I just want to
4: watch the documentary on how Scooter Jeanette found his power overnight. I, <laughs> I want to watch that one. <laughs> When that when that comes out, I want to watch that 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 ESPN documentary on Scooter Jeanette's power.
1: He'd kill you. I, I just want to see it. Just I just want to watch. I just want to know the Corbin, behind the scenes look at it. Corbin Burns uh, outstanding today. It won't be long. But, and you heard Craig Council refer to that. He's probably going to start some games this year. Let's hear from Corbin after his performance.
5: Corbin, uh, it, I guess it doesn't get any more adrenaline pumping than coming into a game with the bases loaded and Nick Castellanos at the plate. The National League home run leader. That must have, and you had quite a duel with him too. That must have been something to really jumpstart an outing.
8: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we threw him some good pitches. He actually laid off a couple of good pitches as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's one of their big thumpers in their in their lineups. That's the guy you don't want to beat just. So it was uh, you know, threw a couple of good pitches, and you know was was fortunate enough to get him to strike out there.
5: Did you Brett, did you have any idea they'd let you cover the rest of the game corbin
8: um you know that's the kind of the, the way that things have been working out is um you know they kind of tell me a day that you know i'm lined up the pitch um and then it's kind of you know, you're gonna, you're gonna follow Brett and we're gonna let you go as long as you can go so um you know when i came in my 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 intention was to, to finish up the game and hopefully uh hopefully the the, the game allowed that um and you know it just so happened to work that way tonight
5: So you know, every time you're pitching, you know that you're gonna be coming in and, and having a bu- the bulk of the innings.
8: Um, you know, for the most part, they're they're trying to, you know, try, trying to keep you know a bunch of us stretched out as much as they can. Um, you know, obviously, it, it kind of dictates how how the starters, you know, the the guys that go the initial out getters, I should say, um, you know, how they do when they start off, how it kind of lines up. Um, you know, everything got kind of messed up with the, with the cancellation of the Cardinals series. So that kind of shuffled some things. So it's just where, you know, we're kind of playing it by day and um, you know, I'll have a couple of days off and you'll see what they say the next day or two of, um, you know, when I could possibly be pitching again.
5: Corbin overall, just what are you most happy to see at this point in the season with how your stuff is playing and the command that
6: you have right now?
8: Um, yeah, you know, the, pitchers pitches are playing pretty well. Um, we've worked on a lot as far as you know, cleaning up stuff mechanically. But you know, the main thing is just going out there and you know, sequencing my pitches off each other. And so that's that's been encouraging so far. You know, definitely need to clean up the walks. You know, whether it's and everything just falls behind you know quickly. You know, one o, two o, three o. So you know, kind of go back and look at the video tomorrow and you try to clean that up a little bit. And but you know, as far you know, outside of that, we're you know pretty happy with how everything's looking right now.
5: Orban, do you have any preference for being used the way you you were, have been used so far, as opposed to just having a start on a certain day and know that's your day?
8: Um, yeah, you know, I've I've come up through you know through the minor league system as a starter, so that's kind of what I've you know grown accustomed to um, since being a Pro Bowl. Um, you know, the way we're kind of you know, using it right now is, hey, once you get in the game, we're gonna let you, you know go as long as you can. So. You know, they're, they're doing d- doing their best, you know, obviously with the expanded rosters to try to keep everyone expanded out and give as many innings as they can. So, um, you know, right now the plan is, you know, the, today for any, for for this purpose was to follow Brett. Um, you know, in the next couple of days, we'll see what the, what the plan is for the next time around. But, um, you know, I'd assume it's going to be something along the lines of, you know, multiple innings again.
5: Is it harder for you that way, Corbin? Is it harder um, to prepare in that fashion as opposed to just four days of work leading up to a fifth day start?
8: Um, so how I've, I've been preparing you know basically every every four or five days, whatever it may be, how it lines up um, as a starter. So I you know I stay on a starter's routine um, and I've done that since basically the beginning of spring training, all through quarantine, all through summer camp. so that's kind of the way I've been preparing and um, you know doing things this whole season. so, um, it's the only, you know, different part about it is, you know, whether I'm going to be coming in, you know, to start the if I'm starting the game or if I'll come in, you know, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it may be. So that's the only, the only part that, you know, consistency-wise is just, you know, when, you know, what inning I'll be pitching, whether it's the first or, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever it may be.
5: How satisfying is it to cover the rest of the game and just so no one else has to be used to kind of helps moving forward, it would seem?
8: Um yeah you know it was nice um you know we we used quite a few guys yesterday, so to uh to go out there and finish the game and to give those guys a break out there um you know help'll we'll hopefully combine us up for the next couple of days and um you know you know get
1: get one back from these guys tomorrow and then uh roll into minnesota radio uh they need to get one back tomorrow, that's for sure. Corbin burns right there inside the clubhouse. With window select. uh, Part of a 4-1 Brewers loss, but it certainly uh, wasn't due to him. He gave up one run through five and a thirds. One run on one hit. Now, he did get a little wild at times. And I I think the next step in Corbin Burns' process here, guys, is going to be uh, being a little more aggressive on your strengths. I understand being a little bit careful with Castellanos. I understand being careful with Suarez. You get to guys like uh Jankowski or or Kasali or some of these guys that that don't have the pedigree that that the others do, he needs to minimize the uh, amount of pitches and he needs to work to his strength and just dust them just get rid of them uh you know work your pitch count up with the top of the order not not the bottom and and that's you know that's part of the process with Corbin burns and I'm not saying he's out of the woods yet in terms of being a future superstar. But certainly uh, my question would be not his stuff necessarily, but would have been uh, what happened last year and how he reacted to that. The guy has a a, a mental coach. He gets a trip to the minors. He gets a, a trip to the pitching lab in Arizona. He gets LASIK surgery. All sorts of things going on with Corbin, Corbin Burns. He's had the su- success Obviously, out of the pen in 2018, 30 appearances, uh, like a, a 2-2 ERA. I think it was under that a little bit. And he's had some success as a starter. But then his first bout, Stevie, his first challenge, his his, his first bout of, whoa, I'm, this isn't that easy anymore. We saw what happened. And, and he had to have a mental reset. Now, is he through that? Let's find out. I don't know.
4: I think you'll be fine. I, I think that is the biggest thing. I mean, you went over everything that happened to him last year. You you mentally got to be pretty tough to battle through all of that uh, and then get yourself reset, come back into spring training, look better. I think you would agree he looked good in spring training. Uh, then have to sit and wait through a pandemic for God's sakes, and then come out and try and get it going again and get back on the same uh, on the right page again. And yeah, Walker. Are probably a little up for him. Walks are definitely up for Peralta. That's been his 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 biggest hindrance this entire time. So, both of them, if they get their their walks under control a little bit, I think both of them can be pretty good. Obviously, Burns has better stuff than Peralta, without question. I think he's got the best stuff. I think he's got better stuff than Woodruff, to be honest with you. But it's just whether a, it's a matter of whether or not he can get that consistency that Woodruff. Uh, has finally gotten. It took Woodruff a long it took Woodruff a while too. It's not like Woodruff had this all all uh, uh you know under lock and key the first time he went out there and got a starter position in this rotation. It
1: took him a little while to figure it out too. So the future then uh Adrian Hauser can gas about ninety five ninety six. You have uh Corbin Burns who can touch ninety eight ninety seven range tonight. Uh you have Brandon Woodruff which is going ninety eight ninety nine you have the the lowest velocity, and some of the younger, you know, maybe future starters, in Freddie Peralta. Keeping in mind, Freddie Peralta has a nice new five year contract, and I think that's a little bit of a, uh, a a gamble on his part because if he does blow up in the next couple of years, uh, he's he may regret signing that deal. It only tops out at like six or seven million. That's yeah, it. yeah. It's it, and that's topping out, and that's in the club option years too. Yeah. So uh, he but he's the lowest velocity at that you know 92 93 range but the other three are flamethrowers. and you wonder uh, to get excited about uh, the gas that those other three guys Hauser Burns and, and Woody are throwing if that's them or is that the, the makeup of baseball these days now I'm not I'm not quite sure if if that is the makeup high 90s is still high 90s and I don't know if there's a ton of guys going high 90s but there are now a few I mean, it's obviously much more than we saw 10 years ago. No question. Yeah, 799-1250 if you want to jump in here. Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame is coming up in just a little while. Bucks and Mavericks, Tim and Sparky, uh, talking some baseball and some basketball with you tonight. We'll go over the uh, box score here, some numbers rather disturbing once again. Getting a little tired of it, guys. Getting a little sick of it uh, with, the, with the same topic of Brewers offense and strikeouts, lack of production, but uh, we have what we have here, and they're going to have to turn things around themselves. Bayview Shade and Blind Post Game Show, Brewers Fall 4-1. We'll be back, AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. It's the Bayview Shade and Blind Post Game Show. It's time
3: to dive into the box score for today's game on The Fan, brought to you by the Laborers International Union Local 113. Feel the power. On the web at liuna113.org.
1: org. right, welcome back. 4-1, the final Bayview Shade and Blind game show. Brewers fall in game two of this three-game weekend set inside the Central here. As uh, You're going to have to stay around 500. I, I do watch scoreboards, and I think uh, a lot of other teams do as well. And um, there's been some comments around the league that There's been more scoreboard watching these days than ever before, just because of the situation. I mean, look at the Marlins. Marlins sitting there at seven and two, seven and two for the Miami Marlins. They could call it the the Miami Brewers, really. Can you name me?
4: No, you can't. You can't call them the Miami
1: Brewers. The Marlins have two World Series rings.
4: The Brewers (laughs) don't. So (laughs) that's 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 an insult to the Marlins.
1: But uh, you you look at the Lewis Brinson and Jesus and Diaz. Brandon Kinsler is on that team, and Garrett Cooper, a former yep. Brewers farmhand. I don't think Cooper ever got up with the big league club here in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, I think he might have played first base like for, like, two
4: at-bats, maybe. Yamamoto. I, yeah. and, and, oh, yeah, I Yamamoto, mean, it's, yeah.
1: it's uh, Mike Morin, the guy that did break camp this year on the 30-man, and then the Brewers uh, DFA'd him, and he was he was snabbed up by the uh, Marlins. But he got the win the other day, and these, these guys are rolling – that's a cool story in a crazy year, and I wonder if if that's how this let's just say for the sake of the argument that this thing plays all the way to fruition. They get they get the regular season in some capacity, whether it's winning percentage or a minimum amount of games, and then the you know the postseason is pushed a little bit uh, in, deeper into the calendar. Uh, let's say they get through all of that and you have these weird kind of runs. You know a team that barely s- squeaks into the playoffs, maybe gets on a roll and just takes it off the sheet or something. you could have that this year. Now, would it be marred by by a a, a pandemic season? Well, it'll be identified as such, but it would it you know d- defame the the World Series ring, if you will? I don't think so. they're all playing by the same rules. That's the thing we need to understand here. Yeah, the Brewers' minds may be wandering their offense and playing out the string, or they're not excited, or wh- whatever it might be. S- so are the other teams. They're going through the same thing. In fact, some teams are going through worse, obviously, than the Milwaukee Brewers are. The Brewers have done a nice job with their you know, protocols and guidance and testing, and so far, so good. Knock on wood, cross your fingers. There hasn't been... an. Uprising and positives in Milwaukee, at least, but St. Louis and, and Miami, um, you know, they, they've got their challenges. Atlanta has had a few challenges, but uh, for the most part, 30, uh, well, now it's a 28 man roster. Uh, Universal DH protocols, no fans, excitement level, you know, is where it is. They all have the same rules to play by. And I, so I think in that regard, it's sort of the same thing for everybody, isn't it?
4: Yeah, mm. I, I just I, I don't think the Marlins or Cardinals can overcome what baseball is going to put in front of them. If, if baseball said, look, if you guys are going to play 40 games and everybody else plays 60, uh, then you're not eligible for the playoffs unless you play 55 games or 52 games or something. Draw a line in the sand. and If you don't meet that number, then you're not eligible for the playoffs That would be one thing, but instead, they're going to try and make these guys play all these doubleheaders. There is no way, I don't think, that the Marlins and the Cardinals can overcome playing all of these doubleheaders in this short amount of time from a pitching standpoint uh, and be able to come out smelling like roses on the other side. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I just think you're asking way too much of both those teams to try and still get their 60 games in after missing as many games as they did. Yeah, right now it looks good for the Marlins. I just don't think it lasts. I, I really don't. I think eventually these doubleheaders and stuff come back and bite them in the butt.
1: No, and 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 I don't think they're they're going to force feed. Let's say the Pittsburgh series, Pittsburgh St. Louis is is called off, and I think they're on the verge of doing that. This week, that would mean 55 games in 46 days. They cannot reasonably assume or expect that the Cardinals would, would be able to do that. They can make up some because other teams are now starting to play a handful of doubleheaders. but not all of them. They, they just simply cannot do that. So do you default then to winning percentage? Do you default that to, well, if the games do mean something, then at the end we'll make up a minimum amount? I could see that. Whereas uh, didn't they do that in basketball where they allowed, you know, of the 22 teams, uh, they aced out, what, the other eight, and then they invited a couple that still mathematically had a shot at it? Didn't they do that at the bottom end Yep. of the seating, So I could see that, that. Come, you know, game 60 for the teams that got through unscathed. Well, there's other teams that are, you know, on the bubble, on the playoff bubble, and, and we need to make sure that they get to play a few games, and that would determine. I, I could that, see that happening. I, I, I
4: just, if the reason you're not playing, and the reason you got, you know, COVID or whatever the case may be, is because y'all went were irresponsible and did some stupid crap, that's on you at the end of the day, Right. The problem is, I just don't know if you can prove any of it one way or the other at nope. the end of the day. And that's that's really, really where the issue comes in. So then, because again, there really wasn't anything said at the beginning of the year of, well, if there's 20 games short, yep, yep. Uh, then this is what's going to happen. Instead, it was, well, hey, if a couple guys get it, out you go. Taxi members come up and play. And and instead of that happening, it's been we're going to ignore our taxi squad that we told everybody we were going to use because we don't want to hurt the quality of the game by having these taxi squad members playing in in regular season games, almost like scabs playing in a strike year in the NFL. It's kind of probably how Major League Baseball is looking at it, and they don't want to ruin the quality of play and playing games without their stars, figuring it would hurt TV ratings and whatever else. So instead, we're just going to shut it down. And again, I I think it's going to have to be kind of like you know, stats where you're eligible for the batting average if you get so many at-bats, and I think it's got to be something along those lines of, okay, you, you can qualify for the playoffs, but you have to play X amount of games, plain and simple. And then if you really want to make it fair, you can say, okay, let's say the number is 55 instead of 60, right? So let's say you have to have 55 games. Those teams that played 60 games can negate five losses for their 55 final total at the end, right? To, for what the grand total is going to be for everybody.
1: I wonder if the postponements are because of that, that they don't want to jeopardize the integrity of the game by just, you know, basically picking up players that had no business being in the big leagues, and then your season depends on that, or is it because of the delay? in the next round of testing for that team. Because I, my understanding is that it was because of the delay in testing for that particular team, so, but they were waiting on and then it, it begs the question, well, why don't you have point of contact testing? So, you know, right away, and then you can utilize your taxi squad immediately, or at least, you know, a day and a half or two where you may. You miss a couple of games. The next round of testing is all negative across the board. Okay, fine. Let's wait another day. Let's do it again. Point of contact. Everything's negative. Boom. We're back on. I mean, I think they're going to eventually have to do that if they want to get through this, because the, the delay in, in, in testing uh, with the lab in Utah, I think that has, uh, that has brought about a lot of issues. And, and uh, you know, again, you're right on if it was your fault. If the Marlins were out carousing, if the uh, St. Louis Cardinals were at the casino or wherever they might have been,
4: but you have to prove it.
1: You do, and 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 then on top of that, though, you can't prove that you even got it there. Correct. Yep. And that's it the could issue. have been it. It could have been just something from the desk clerk or the housekeeper or the right. whatever at the hotel. You just don't know. But you didn't have the guidelines set forth. Uh, ahead of time, and even if you did, and I understand the NFL is sort of attempting to maybe uh, broach that topic uh, of, you know, you're going to pay the price or get fined Correct. or that's what's going to pay doing. the price.
4: They're yeah. going to get fined if they're caught in a circumstance that the NFL outlines as dangerous. And for the most part, it really comes down to if you're caught in a group setting of more than 15 people, then you're going to get fined and possibly not paid for a game or two.
1: Yeah, that's oh man, And that's
4: the Players Association that, that threw that down. That wasn't even the owners. That was the Players Association.
1: It's times like this where Wisconsin ought to entertain legalizing marijuana. You know? <laughs> they, they just Let's check out the numbers. Brewers uh, fall today, game two of a three-game set. Uh, four to one the final. There were some good things offensively, not so much. Uh, Hasn't
4: been good things offensively for a while. Eric Solgaard, one for four. Uh, 250 batting average, 400 on base. Slugging of 313. Oh, boy. I'll take that out of Sogard. Good on base. Slugging. Uh, Keston Hira, 0 for 3. A walk, 2 strikeouts, 213 average, 296 on base, 362 slugging. Christian Yellich, 0 for 4 with a strikeout, 114 batting average. Hey, he's over 100. Two thirty One for his
1: last 8.
4: Yeah, 235 on base, 341 slugging. Logan Morrison, 0 for 4, 2 strikeouts, 136, 174 on base, 318 slugging. <laughs> Avi Garcia, 0 for 3, 2 strikeouts, 235 average, but a respectable 366 on base, mm-hmm. a miserable 324 slugging. That has to be much better. Ben Gamble, 1 for 3, 1 run scored, a strikeout, 222 average, 263 on base, 500 slugging. Narvaez is one for three, one strikeout, 179 batting average, 343 on base, a slugging percentage of 214.
1: You just can't try to be that bad and be that bad. <laughs> Brock
4: Holt, one for two, one RBI, one strikeout, hitting 200. I well, will be on base percentage of 400, a slugging percentage of 200. And then Orlando Arcia, who's just pretty much a placeholder for Urias at this point, a zero for three with a strikeout, 276 average, 323 on base, 310 slugging. Brett Anderson now zero and one, three and two thirds, four hits, three runs, two earned, two walks, two strikeouts, gave up a home run uh, to Suarez, Uh, 5-4-0 ERA now for him. He threw 68 pitches tonight. Corbin Burns, five and a third, one hit, one run, one earned, three walks, eight strikeouts. He threw Big 77 time. pitches uh, and a 2-9-2 ERA. The Reds, four runs, five hits, no errors. The Brewers, one run, four hits, and two errors. The Brewers now 5-7, and seven, winless at Miller Park. The Reds are now 7-8, and 4-3 and three on the road. 4-1, yeah. Reds
1: 4. win. 0-4 at, at Miller Park here. They get swept by the White Sox Monday, Tuesday to come back. Uh, Is it 0-4, 0-3? Sorry, nope, no 0-4, 0-4, and And they lost last night and tonight. Yeah, 0-4, 0-4 at Miller Park. Well, they're in uh, almost, almost, and it's not desperation mode yet. You've got to stay, you've got to stay around the 500 mark, and they can do that. They're doing that despite. I'm gonna look at the uh, glass half full here for a while because right now it's two games under 500. However, um. You do, you do set yourself up here. If you do get on a bad roll or a bad run of sorts and you end up with a five-game losing streak or something like that, it could be the, the nail in the coffin here. And, and that's, uh, I mean, that's just the situation they're in. So what a difference a day can make. We'll take it day by day. Hopefully they get another game tomorrow. All systems are go, uh, it looks like.
4: Yeah. Got some more uh, tweets coming in here. Uh, P.O. Mav tweets at the fan, horrible baseball, trade Keston Hira. When that kid from San Diego is healthy, bench Keston Hira and then trade him.
1: That's Urias that's yes. your, that he's, he's referring to that you talked about. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we don't know. I, I I'm don't not trading
4: Keston Hira. I don't care what happens. No.
1: Guys, I think the expectations heaped on Orlando Arcia still follow him around. I do. Because I recall that it was like a celebration of, uh, of sorts when he was called up. He was the top prospect in the Brewers organization. He was one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Remember? Orlando Arcia? Just wait until Orlando gets here. And then I think he was called up, what, in San Diego? And uh, everyone just, you know, kind of celebrated, celebrated that. He was so young at that time. And he's still young. He just had his 26th birthday the other day. What did you? So now you expected more out of him. Then, what do you want out of him now? To hit 250 to 270, have a little power. He he had what 13, 14 homers last year. He has shown signs to get scorching hot with the offense you've got right now. You may have to invest and slide a few chips in and move him up in the order. You might have to right now. At this point, you can do
4: whatever you want with the yeah. lineup, and I don't think anybody can question it.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, Craig Council likes talking about lineups, too. I've, I've noticed that over the years. He doesn't care about lineups. Brett Anderson, uh, they, they signed this dude to a one-year free agent deal. Uh, last year, pitched with Oakland. Had a 13-9 and mark. A sub-4 ERA, which is pretty good. A ground ball pitcher was durable. Had 30 starts last year for the Oakland A's. He gets the ground balls, but you got to play some defense behind him. He goes, uh, in this one, three and two-thirds, a couple of runs given up. But uh, let's hear from the Brewers' lefty after the loss.
5: Brett, do you feel in your first couple starts a little snake bit in the first inning? I mean, tonight, you know, you get the roller along third and then an error, then, you know, one pitch and it's three runs. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, that ball off the foot the last time. at The first inning just had not been kind to you to, so far.
6: Yeah, it's been a little bit of a grind, you know, throwing three pitches and guy hits a swinging bunt, and you're like, oh man, is this, you know, start the process all over again? But um, yeah, I mean, I just got to make a better pitch this. as they're, you know, going in, their pitching staff is obviously, you know, upper echelon, all on upper echelon in the league, and so runs are going to be at a premium. And to put us down on a three nothing hole early is obviously not ideal. But um, yeah, I mean, I got to put that stuff behind me and make quality pitches and keep getting outs and um. You know, it was kind of like the last outing. The, the further I went, the better, better it got. And so, you know, I was trying to build on that, and you know, hopefully next time, get out of the first unscathed.
5: Brett, did you feel that you were able to settle down then? I mean, we saw more of the ground ball outs, and you looked more like yourself after that first inning as you settled in.
6: Yeah, I mean, the second inning, you know, three up, three down, three ground balls felt like a unicorn, kind of, but um you know, that's what I'm accustomed to doing. And, you know, they were hit, you know, not soft enough and not hard enough to get through and right at guys. And so that was, that was good. Um, you know, just one bad pitch cost us there. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that Corbin came in and did a phenomenal job and, um, you know, you you solo home runs don't usually be, but the, you know, the three round homers usually do. And that's what, that was the case today.
5: I don't, Fred. I don't know if you saw much, maybe insight on video, whatever. Of Corbin's outing after you, he came in. You know, I guess kind of lights out. Those, that, those are kind of bullpen-saving outings when a guy comes in behind you and just covers the whole rest of the game like that.
6: Yeah, I mean his stuff is, is, you know, it's top, whatever percentage of the league. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's fun to watch. You know, we kind of pull our opposites. He's power guy, uh, can. Beach in any n- numerous ways, especially the ways, you know, change a little bit of his arsenal, pitching inside with a sinker, and then you can go with the cutter or slide or whatever. It's, <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, it's fun to watch. I wish I had some of that stuff.
5: Are you surprised knowing the hitters you have on your team, Brett, that the offense has scuffled like it has the first 12 games?
6: Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but you know, we faced some, some quality pitchers and then the, the Red starting staff is, like I said, it's one of the top couple in the league. And so, uh, you know, it's not for lack of effort. Guys are trying, guys are getting the early work in and stuff and, uh, you know, expect it to come around. Um, you know, it's, it's cliche to say it's still early, but still early, even though the, the small sample size and the short season and stuff, but, uh, you know, guys have too good a track records to, you know, have this happen for too long.
1: Yeah, I agree with uh, Brett Anderson right there. Some of the track records for these guys of uh, having success in the big leagues, uh, you know, at some point all good things come to an end. I understand that, and there's a lifespan, a, a shelf life for all professional athletes. So you know, if you happen to get it on the on the wrong year, and you know, maybe they uh, maybe they go ahead and and call it quits and hang them up or whatever um that's just that's just some tough luck but clearly uh as Brett Anderson referred to right there clearly there's more in the tank for these guys than what they're showing some of these numbers are rather disturbing and and I can't see as this will continue much longer because it, I mean if they do uh then then it is the bad luck of all bad luck years uh, barring 2013 which was the probably the, the worst luck in franchise I'm, history. I'll be honest with you.
4: Like if if they do truly suck this year, if that ends up happening and they're just going to be bad like the referees in this Bucks game, um if they're going to be truly bad, then that's fine. I mean, th- this farm system could really use a nice injection of, you know, top draft picks uh every round. It would be nice to have a top 10 pick in a draft to try and infuse some talent into this farm system.
1: You know, it did bug me uh, when uh, the Brewers did play the Sox. So you do a little digging around, and you see Aloy Jimenez. And you're like, where did they get these guys? Okay, well, they they got him from the Cubs. Trades. He was, yeah, part yeah. of that Quintana deal. Yep. Uh, then you look over to, to the East Coast, and you look at the Yankees, and one of the biggest up-and-coming superstars in the game today, Glaber Torres. Well, where did they get this? That was the Cubs. These two guys were in the Cubs organization at the same time a Jorge Soler was in there, right? Same time a Schwarber, Baez. Bryant, Baez. Yep, all of these guys were coming up at the same time. That That's was their crazy. That was their version of Fielder, Braun,
4: Hardy, Weeks, and, they and hit Hart. on them
1: all. Right? That's yep. the thing they hit on them all. So you then get to compare and contrast. Now you look internally at the Brewers' situation. I'm not knocking them. Uh, hey, we'll see because you never know with prospects. But if you look at uh, now, where the Brewers are at now, you alluded to it right there. There's Bryce Terang. <laughs>
4: Oh, don't do this. You're just gonna Lucas, depress everyone.
1: Just don't do Lucas it. Lucas <laughs> Ursig. I mean
4: it's I just, mean Ursig is a stretch. Corey at this Ray. Point. No, Corey Ray's another one's a stretch.
1: Okay, Devin Williams, a uh, uh, first or second rounder. Okay, I, I get that. I think there's a lot of potential there, but hampered by Tommy John just coming back. The international then, uh, signings
4: are, are are most of your top prospects, and they're like sixteen or seventeen years old. Hedbert
1: Perez. There you go. He's in camp. That's that's the guy. I'm telling you right now, he's the next superstar. I won't put him in the class of Matt Laporta, but I'll put him in a, the next superstar for the Milwaukee Brewers. 17-year-old you kid. You can't be doing that at 17.
4: Your I, son was in high school at 17. No, if somebody would have said, say,
1: your son's going to be the next
4: superstar no. of the Brewers, you would have said, get out of here.
1: Only thing that concerns me about Hedbert Perez is that, uh, you know, he needs some—he uh, needs to grow a little bit. He needs to bulk out a little bit. Um, and, you'll get and that. You I think he will. Yeah, he he will get that. But, but see,
4: again, but even from that standpoint, you was it you that said it or was it Gary? I I can't remember. One of you said they they should take the first round draft book and put it on, uh, put him Garrett Mitchell on the taxi squad, uh, and let him get some some reps there. Maybe it was Gary. Was it Gary that said that? Yeah, yeah, Gary. And I said, man, you're crazy. There's just no way. And then that kid gets put there, and I was like, okay, maybe yep. he wasn't crazy. Maybe they should. Just put Garrett Mitchell there and said, go, go work on your craft uh, until the season is done. At, at that point, you might as well have. If you want to put a 17-year-old there, then surely you should be willing to put your first-round draft pick there as well.
1: Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting. I, I, I do. will we'll say this before the break. I am excited about the potential, maybe not necessarily this year and possibly not next year, but the potential in the next two- to four-year window of the homegrown starting rotation, barring Hauser, and again, I you, know, you call him home, homegrown. He was young enough in the system here. But Woodruff, Hauser, Burns, and Peralta, a little seasoning. Guys, they've got something here. They do. I promise you they do. They've got some good ones here. I'm not saying that's going to be a, a DeGrom-Syndergaard kind of rotation that uh, was homegrown in New York for the Mets, but they are an upper-tier homegrown group. They are, and I can't wait for those guys to get the maturation because it's it's coming. It's happening right now. You saw it out of Corbin Burns tonight, five-and-a-third, one-run ball outside just, of the first inning. The, the next eight innings gave up to the Reds one single run. Just imagine. You could have had those guys – and
4: Sonny Gray with Derek Johnson right now. All with Derek Johnson. All with Derek Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, t- turn them all loose. You would have had Woodruff and Sonny Gray at the top of this rotation right now. And
1: Brett Anderson would have been a. Uh, not on know, this team. Yeah, a, a Texas Ranger or something. And Josh Lindblom would have been uh, in Seoul. I'm never
4: going to forgive them for that. I'm just not. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's going to be bitter idea. forever.
4: Letting him go it's going to be yeah. bitter forever. And you look at the Reds, and what did they talked about all offseason? Oh, well, we just need to add some bats. Just add some bats, and we'll be good. That's all we got to do. And prior to Derek Johnson getting there, it was boy, if we just fix our pitching, we'll be fine. He fixes the pitching, and then their bats go go down the drain.
1: They invested a lot of money. Uh, that's what the Cincinnati Reds did for sure. And uh, hey, money money buys you. And good they player. got Lee it's Tunnel, don't works. they? <laughs> They what? They got Lee Tunnel too, don't they? I think so. They got yeah. both of them. <laughs> the bullpen right. coach and the pitching coach. We'll take a break Bucks just about uh, up uh 21 seconds
4: the... to go. Bucks
1: up 2. Yep, they're up. And Giannis up two... just fouled out. Pick and Save Pro Hoops post game coming up momentarily. Stick around as the Brewers fall 4 to 1 Baby Shade Blind post game show here on the fan. All right, welcome back baby shade and blind game show as we await the final speaking of finals brewers fall four to one as we await the uh, final of the bucks mavericks game as they have hit overtime sure should now the the seating is done for the bucks we're awaiting the uh, final to that bucks game and then we'll have the pick and save pro hoops post game show tim and sparky tonight um do do they uh, the seeding's done for the Bucks? Uh, do the Mavs can can the Mavs move? Oh and... yeah,
4: they're playing. They're, okay. Yeah, they're still playing yeah, for seeding. So. Luka Doncic tonight thirty four points, eleven boards, and fifteen assists.
1: Okay, I was going to say because if if they were locked into each each you know seed, if you will, then why play overtime? Just call right. it a tie. Yeah,
4: no. Poor Zingas has always given the Bucks problems when he was in New York. Still giving the Bucks problems tonight. Luka is just insanely good. Which has created more problems. Bucks can't defend the three, which has been an issue all season long. So yeah, they uh, they called that foul by the way earlier on Middleton, not on Giannis. So Giannis is still currently out there with five fouls.
1: Yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my beef here with Giannis. I mean that's the that's the final that's the final part of his game that these refs got to lay off because he's constantly five fouls Always. in the fourth quarter. Yep. Playing with five fouls in the fourth quarter is not healthy for this basketball team to win a championship, for sure. Uh, and it seems like he's always in that situation.
4: You know, going going off of that, I guess we, you and I have never
1: talked about it. I don't know if I've ever
4: talked about it on the big show. Do you think there is that type of um, respect factor that star players get in Major League Baseball? Like, does a Ryan Braun, when he's a MVP and after that, does he get the benefit of the doubt on a ball? Maybe, uh, you know, a, a little on the edge uh, of the outer part of the plate. They call it a ball because it's brawn. Maybe. It, yeah. Is there that type of superstar treatment in baseball
1: like there is in the NBA? I, I think uh, for some hitters, yes. Some hitters that have plate coverage that can just that can just flick a foul, an Anthony Rizzo, a uh, Joey Votto. These types of guys, the choke-up guys that just have complete discipline at the plate. Complete, uh, you know, I'm not going to hammer this. Probably not going to get it in play at all. But I'm going to just flick it foul. Okay, then, then two pitches later, after two fouls, then he takes one out there and it just hits the corner, backdoor slider or something like that. And the umpire doesn't ring him up. Because it you know this dude decided not to swing at it. I think to a degree, I don't think it's as blatant as sort of the Jordan rules. I don't think it's that blatant, but I, th- I do think it happens. I, I do, and it. I remember
4: talking to Craig back when he played doing an on deck show and I interviewed him as a member of the Brewers and I asked him about facing like a Maddox or a Glavin or those type of guys and he literally held up his fingers to me and said they get about that much off the corner of the plate and gets called a strike.
1: Yeah, no, I thought you were talking about offensive. No, players. either way. It doesn't oh, matter. Oh, for sure, the, the pitchers do.
4: No doubt. Yeah, he you know, I mean, he probably showed me about two to three inches with his fingers as far as he goes. They get that much off the plate when you're superstar
1: pitcher in baseball. It's one of the things that drives me crazy. It's it's just it just drives me crazy when uh my report, full video report, goes to the commissioner's office and it shows an umpire giving Greg Maddox three inches off the plate, like counsel said. And and nothing changes. That's That would be what I would do. And I continue to do it. Rules are the rules. I, you know, again, just because a guy's consistent doesn't mean it's a strike.
4: But you because you have human beings making these calls, you're going to have the brain play into this. And that's what happens in all of these sports. And there's just no way about working around the human brain and how people call things based on, you know, who's on the field and who isn't. Some guy comes up out of AAA, and the umpires don't know him, and he has no proven track record. He's not going to get that benefit of the doubt. LeBron James comes into the NBA. Everybody in the league knew who he was before he got here because he was on ESPN coming out of high school and everything else. He immediately started getting those calls. Most others, like you know Andrew Bogan and those guys, they never got those calls, no matter if they were the number one pick in the draft or not.
1: The late, great Kobe Bryant would actually tell the referee yes. who the foul was on. Sure would. And that happened in Milwaukee at the Bradley Center some yep. years ago. He uh, had to tell the ref what the call was.
4: Bucks are definitely going to lose this game because they've just you decided they're not even going to guard the three. Now they've hit three consecutive threes. Bucks have yet to score in the third. Oh, now an alley-oop to Giannis. So it's 128-121 Dallas with 250 to go.
1: All right. We'll have the uh, Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show coming up in just a couple of minutes when that thing goes final. Uh Speaking of Giannis and MVPs, how about uh, Ryan Braun and being a former MVP himself? Nah, um man, nah. I I know. I'm he not going to get Still has it. the trophy. Nobody well, broke not gonna get into, into his house and took it from.
4: Technically, him. he has it still.
1: Yep. Um, I'm a little concerned about Ryan Braun for a number of different reasons. Um, but and the, this the, is your guy, Ryan Braun. You and Leroy yeah. Butler. This is your guy the the biggest of which is um what he said a couple of weeks ago and and then the uh, f- uh the finger injury is a little puzzling to me because i haven't read heard or seen what uh how he did this and really what it is is this something that happened at home is it a blister that got festered up into an infection i mean who knows what it is so I have yet to hear from uh, anybody on that. Maybe we will. Maybe it's innocent. I don't know. But he came out a couple of weeks ago and said this. Check this out. This uh, decision or pondering idea. Check it out.
2: Going back to what you said earlier about just, you know, how unsettling all this is. How hard is it to not call wrist up and say, you know what, I-, I think it's time to come home and be with you and the kids. And, and what makes you want to stay through this? Um,
8: it's day to day. You know, I think for most of us, it's day to day. I think we're constantly assessing the situation, seeing where we're at. Um, but it's not easy. It's, it's not easy for, for any of us to think that we'll be flying home uh, back to our families tomorrow night, and we won't get the test results from today or tomorrow's test for a couple days. Um, the plane felt really dangerous the other night. I think that there's there's a real level of fear and anxiety for all of us Uh, especially all of us that have children anybody who may have underlying health conditions anybody who has an older parent um coaches and and everybody else so uh it's definitely not easy it's something i think that that we're all struggling with to an extent and it makes it really difficult to concentrate on baseball
4: can you explain to me exactly how a plane feels dangerous and can you You explain that because when he said it i said on the air what exactly does that mean it felt dangerous like were people coughing all around you were people like touching your face while you were in the plane, like how does it feel? Dangerous. I, I don't understand that part of it.
1: What's funny on that is that a day later, uh, Austin can can correct me if I'm wrong. Was it a day later or maybe the next game on the on the post game, maybe the next day on the pregame? Craig Council used the same word, dangerous. Only he said it's not dangerous. It wasn't like it was dangerous. So I don't know if that was an answer back by counts to refute. I, I, I would assume so. My guess is it was. So I, 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 from my understanding, there's a good relationship there. Maybe it's a different perspective on a, on a flight. I'm assuming he meant that, you know, there's airborne, you're in a tube, and you're sharing oxygen and, and things like that. That's the way I interpreted that from, from Brawny. Bad choice of word then. Yeah, I no, I agree. So, so then you get the finger deal. He didn't get, but hardly anything in terms of at bats in in, in uh, Arizona. He didn't get any at bats in the spring, uh, the summer camp. Yep. He played a couple of uh, at bats in the uh, scrimmage against the White Sox. He's played a few games here and there, and then goes on the ten day DL. Yesterday, Stevie, I don't know if you're aware of it, but they were late getting to Council's pregame, and there wasn't any explanation. I thought conspiracy right away that, hey, they're dealing with an issue back there.
4: For sure. Because that's they, usually that's that's, what it
1: is. It's usually what it is. Every so, time. Any, any uh, sport. Then today he refers to Braun as, uh, well, he's not going to be activated tomorrow, and we need to get him some at-bats. Is that going to happen in Appleton? Well, he doubled down and said, well, we just need to get him some at-bats. He hasn't had at-bats yet. So it's either a trip to Appleton or it's a trip to California. I don't know. Just let him go play for the Milkmen. They're playing like every day. Send him over to the Rock and... Let him go play for the milkman. Let
4: him get some at Bats there.
1: See what happens. Let's sell some tickets, but I think we're gonna hear more about Ryan Braun. Hopefully he stays. The Brewers could use that offense right now, that's for sure. He's not the same player. Well
4: he's just not. He's not the same player. He's in the last year of his deal. How do we know he didn't? All how this, do we
1: know he hasn't played? All
4: of this conversation about DHing and extending his career in Milwaukee and all of that. That would be great if he was even that guy. I just I don't even know. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't I don't know. Because, again, we brought up earlier LeBron's comments about how, you know, you really got to love this game if you're going to play in the bubble without fans and all this other stuff, and you really got to really like this game and so forth because you really don't have the motivation otherwise or whatever. I mean, that, to me, that's a that's a big thing. Does he still have that?
1: We'll see. See if he's activated on Monday's game when the Twins are in town. That game go and, final quite
4: yet? Uh, no, no. One thirty to one twenty six. Dallas over the Bucks. One twenty three to go in overtime. Oh,
1: there's plenty uh, of time at, at this time. Uh,
4: Giannis at the free throw line.
1: Maybe a double OT.
4: Sure. I mean, I got nothing else to do for the rest of the night, so let's hang out and talk with you. But see, that's but that's that's the thing to me. Going back to Bronquick. quick. Maybe that's the conversation that needs to be had. Dude, do you really love this still? Like, do you still really like get juiced up about getting up in the morning and going to the ballpark and playing? Do you still have that? Because I to, to me, I think you could say the same thing about Lorenzo Cain Because he's at he's getting towards closer to the end of his career too. Does he still have that same fire and juice? I think sometimes guys play sports longer than they probably should because they don't want to lose the locker room feel and hanging with the guys and all that other stuff. But deep down, they don't have that fire and that passion to put in what you have to do in order to succeed at this level like they did when they were younger.
1: There's been some biggies that have made uh, some mistakes at the tail end of their career, and it it just sort of blemished it a little bit, and then it took a little time to to wear off, and and then they got all the accolades. Joe Namath. Oh, he was done. Way done. Yeah, he he left New York, and and then he goes to to uh, the Rams, and just it was just horrible, embarrassing. And, uh, yeah, O.J. Simpson did the same thing. Yep. Um. So there there are some big names, and we can name a few more contemporary players as well. But Brawny needs to decide if if he's into it. Now his numbers indicate that he's not done. His numbers indicate that last year he had a Agreed. really good season. Yep, I agree. A really good season, and played in more games than people think. Played in a lot of, lot of games last year. So I, I, would say, I would say this, I think in the next 48 to 72 hours, we're going to find out if Braun's going to run to California. And I'm, I, I shouldn't use that term, run to California. It's somewhat negative and derogatory. Um, he's earned it. Lorenzo Cain has earned it throughout the duration of their careers. They determine their risk level. We don't. The team doesn't. They do. No, they're not going to get paid. They're going to forfeit some money. Lorenzo Cain forfeited, what, $5.5 million or so? That's okay because he's earned that, and he can afford that. Brawny was uh, cited, what, the other day at uh, Craig Council Park in Whitefish Bay with the family throwing a baseball around, and, and that's all happy and nice and smiley and everything. But is that sort of a farewell tour for Ryan Braun and his family? And again, you can have the farewell tour if you want. That That's fine with me. I'm just
4: saying that if 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 there isn't that same level, then maybe you should decide to maybe, okay, after this year, maybe I'm done. Maybe, maybe I just don't want to do this as much as, you know, I, I thought I wanted to do it. Because if there's the aches and the pains consistently every single day, you get up and you're fighting through this and you're fighting through that and you're fighting through this, and then you look at the roster you're playing with, is it really worth it to continue on or not?
1: I think he's debating it right now. I do. That's just my opinion. You know, it's, different if,
4: it's different if you wake up and you look at the Dodgers roster and you go, oh, buddy, here we go. ha uh-huh. I'm excited. Let's go play with Mookie Betts and company. I'm ready. Let's do this. That's mm-hmm. that's different than where yeah. you are right now as an organization. It was easier probably the last couple of years looking at the roster the Bucks had, but now looking at the roster, especially the lineup, I mean... I'm yeah, if you're, if you're being real about things, about the talent on this roster, it's just not anywhere close to what it's been in the past.
1: No, the Brewer, no, the Brewer roster of the last few years is, is marketably different. I'm surprised a little bit that Braun isn't, or as of yet isn't, going to end up in a Dodger uniform for at least a half a year, maybe one year. I think, I think there's, I think there's a better
4: would... chance of that if there is a DH in the NL going forward. If there's not, I don't think they sign him.
1: No we got one of the uh, best stacked lineups uh, on the planet, for sure. And their defense is off the charts. Yep. Their defense is amazing. You you might be seeing one of the best defensive baseball teams in history in L.A. this year. And then but you give I,
4: Mookie Betts all that money and secure him.
1: It, yeah. I, I just think he envisioned himself in a Dodgers uniform forever. And, again, he's earned the right to... You know, he's got full veto power on every trade. He's a 5'10 guy, so he, he can turn things down a little bit. But I, I think right now, again, absolutely 100% my opinion, I think he's debating on whether to come back. And I think that's the snag. Not the at-bats. Craig Council says it's the at-bats, although physically, I understand Council is sticking up for his offense and wanting to do the right thing. He needs some A-Bs for, for Ryan Braun. But you can't tell me. Brawny without 16 at bats at Appleton couldn't do better than Justin Smoke stepping onto the field today. <laughs> I I I don't disagree with you. Yes, I agree. So we're gonna find out, and maybe my so as of right now, my little conspiracy theory yesterday that something was bubbling up internally behind the scenes in Milwaukee. Right now, it's wrong, Stevie, and I'll admit that it was wrong. I, I threw a little feeler out there.
4: You won't um, know if it's right until years from now when they admit it.
1: Well, we may know it's right if he decides to opt, opt out on Monday or Tuesday. And I, I've, you know, won't surprise me. Wouldn't bother me in the least if he did. And, and I think there's been discussions about it. I think he's talked to a lot of players about it. And, and just the feel of this baseball team just doesn't feel right. It doesn't. Maybe it's the play on the field. I think it's a little something uh, intangible, if you will. I just feel feels something around this Brewer squad that there's more than meets the eye here. Maybe I'm getting swayed by a bad offense. I hope not. But it just feels like something internally uh, is is going on here. I love the pitching, though. Pitching's been stepping up. Offense, get going. You're going to win some games. You're going to put together a streak. All right, That's going to do it for the uh, Baby Shade and Blind postgame show. Sit tight. We're going to come right back. Pick and save Pro Hoops postgame show as the uh, Bucks take on the Mavericks. After tonight's game for the Bucs, three left in the bubble before the playoffs start down there. Can't wait for that. All right, stick around. More to come here on The Fan.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.